0: Action platformers and boss fights go hand-in-hand like no other. In a genre defined for its tight-lock grip of mechanics, and particularly testing those learned mechanics in tough-as-nails situations, it's no surprise that some of gaming's most iconic fights are traced back to these titles. And the big tree that so many of these later games root back to is, of course, the Mega Man series. With such a vast catalogue of games in its classic series, hitting up the total of 11 come this October, it's safe to say that this franchise has left several lasting impacts on the platformer scene since its inception. One of the top tier legacies from this 30 plus year old icon is the concept of finalizing boss rush before facing the game's ultimate end game boss battle. You know the situation well. After making your way through that game's array of 8 bosses, you finally reach the final batch of levels. Among which is a second to last challenge featuring a non-linear arrangement of bosses that you pick and choose your way through before going up to the final Dr. Wily finish up. It's a classic structure and its influence is perfectly laid out in the spiritual successors of recent years. Out of this bunch of independently developed love letters lies my personal sweetheart, Shovel Knight. And you can bet your bottom dollar that the faithfulness of this title stretches straight to the boss rush. And that's why today, I want to take a closer look at the boss rushes of both series. And see how their similarities and differentiations influence what we can learn about boss rushes as a whole. Hey, all you buster shooters and shovel wielders, I'm Skip the Tutorial, and this is Boss Battle Breakdown, a deep dive into the ins and outs of boss design. And hey, if this is your first time here, then make sure to charge shot subscribe for weekly analysis videos on your favorite boss fights. For our purposes in this inspection, I decided to look at Mega Man 2 an undisputed gem in the original Mega Man-style series. Serving as an improvement to virtually every single element of the first game, two provided some of the most iconic robot masters in the franchise's entire history, graphics that pushed the NES hardware to its limit and back, and absolute standout bumps for the soundtrack. If Dr. Wily's stage music doesn't just make you want to take on every single challenge the universe throws your way, schedule a checkup with your local physician and get your ears and soul fixed ASAP. I'll send you a get well soon card. With all of this going right for the game, you can bet that the boss rush is also going to be a sight to behold. Now one of the reasons this particular lineup of bosses stands out among those of the rest of the series to me is how much the boss weaknesses and play order is put on display. For the unaware, Mega Man is built off the back of destroying 8 differently themed robot master bosses, each of which net him a new shiny weapon, which matches the theme of his defeated victim. While any of these bosses can be defeated by simply using your classic buster, true Mega Man fanatics will be blasting their way through using the boss order. For example, killing Metal Man might be a good starting point because of his low time to kill with the Buster, which then nets you the Metal Blade ability necessary to take down Flash Man in a matter of seconds, leading you to a potential follow-up fight with Quick Man, and the order goes on and on. While today this concept doesn't carry the same trial and error, pick your best route quality that it did back in the 80s before common internet usage, there still is a certain amount of joy that comes from leveling a boss lickety-split with their counter. And because of this underlying theme in Mega Man's design, the boss rush becomes a perfect final review of everything you've learned up to that point in your earlier gameplay. If a boss battle is a great time for the player to show off what they've learned, then this boss rush is the player's chance to play out their perfect recital of destruction with a certain ease that only comes from true skill. Going back to Man 2, taking on a rematch with the bosses that might have given you trouble in the past, now as the fully powered super fighting robot you are provides a really satisfying conclusion to the player's arc with the game's challenge. Now equipped with your trusty metal blade, it takes you no time to slice through Bubble Man, or Wood Man, Heck, even Metal Man is weak to his own ability. Seriously, it's the best power-up in the whole game series hands down. Partner this virtual power trip with an added, albeit small, challenge of resource management as your power-up gauges slowly dwindle with use. And the whole experience takes on a dynamic satisfaction as the player gains their best opportunity to experiment and play with boss order in a non-linear sandbox. But now that we've reflected on the high points of the genre's Ancestral series, let's delve into an example of how the boss rush holds up to this day, with Yacht Club Games' 2014 crowdfunded masterpiece of Shovel Knight. To say that this game takes after Mega Man is an understatement, but it's also unfair to this title to say that it's too derivative or unoriginal in how it learns from the NES's 8-bit classics. Following closely to the beaten path of the 30-year-old behemoth that led before, this indie title picks up the established traits of eight theme stages, each concluding in their own fitting boss fight, and a final set of castle levels to compactly wrap up the game's mechanics and concepts. As you hustle through the Tower of Fate's ascent, you finally reach a screen featuring only a checkpoint and its adjacent pit. Providing your only path toward the level's conclusion, you fall down into a proverbial Last Supper scene featuring all the previous foes from the Order of No Quarter. After exchanging some words, the bosses decide to take turns on a full-out rematch with Shovel Knight as dinner entertainment. And so begins your second round through the nights. While the setup for this boss rush might seem very similar to what we saw earlier with Mega Man's structure, It's here that the situation starts to divulge. Instead of having free will in which boss you fight next, the order of the fights is randomized, allowing for some 40,000 different possible battle arrangements. I think the reason Shovel Knight can get away with this random linearity in comparison to Mega Man is because the bosses do not have set weaknesses or invulnerabilities. Each is easily dispatched with the shovel. Sure, some secondary item relics can be more effective, such as using the throwing anchor on Propeller Knight for easy hits during his hover phase, but not in the same way that a weapon like the Metal Blade can clean house in Mega Man 2's boss rush. On top of this, the bosses provide health power-ups after each fight, but these are easier to receive than they notoriously have been in a Mega Man title. Because at least here, there's no goofy teleporters to snag your chance of scoring a pickup. Even with these changes though, this whole sequence still lets the player feel and test their own progression over the course of the game. On the chance that you didn't even purchase a single relic from Chester, then you'll still have a concept of your own shovel-based optimal strategy for taking on the boss forged from your earlier encounters. But if you're like me and throw around some fat stacks before the fight, you'll roll up to the bout boasting all kinds of icors and flare wands, easily dispatching all the bosses with weapons that aren't even in their original map's zip code. Now while I can sit here and give full praise to these boss rushes, I'd be remiss to say that these are always worthwhile inclusions to a game's finale. For an example of this style not panning out, look no further than The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, as you delve deeper and deeper into Ganon's lair. You reach an intersection where you have to fight in four different vignette-style rematches with the game's earlier dungeon bosses. But counter to the action platformer strategy of having more items and abilities to use in these fights, the desaturated memory scape requires that you only use the items you had present at the time. And since Zelda fights play out in a more puzzle-solving style of linearity in regard to that dungeon's key item, there's no mystery or surprises that come to relive in these fights. I'm actually quite a fan of the misdirection in Goma's fight, but when you already know about Valu's tail, and it's not doing anything new, it really doesn't feel like you've gotten that satisfying progression going back through these fights. While it might not always be the perfect resolution for every game, I really think that these two examples especially nail what they can mean for a player. While a final boss can serve as a way to test the entirety of the player's knowledge of the mechanics in a new context, getting to relive each of your previous battles with your own skill and prowess with the game as the shifted variable puts such a fantastic bow on showing how much you've grown through your experience with the title, but just make sure that the player's growth and progression is the key focus, even more so than providing a fair fight. While some may criticize this as a way to pad out the runtime of a game without creating new content, which was partially the case in the limited hardware of the NES cartridges. I think the connections forged with the player through these run-throughs is some of the strongest you can put in your game, and especially in a boss-focused, progression-based action platformer and beat in a non-linear Mega Man style face-off for a pure endurance match like Shovel Knight. Rest assured that if there's a boss rush, I'm gonna be there to sink my teeth into it. Hey there, if you wanna kick off your own boss rush, start up in the top right with this one about Mario Kart boss design, or shovel swipe your way through the bottom right for another video. If you wanna support the channel and get new boss battles broken down every week in your sub box, then test out your new Metal Blade ability on that subscribe button. Because you know, somebody once told me it's the most effective ability, so why not give it a shot? With that, I'll see you all next week. Take care, and you have a good one, alright?